I'm Adam Rappaport. Welcome to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm joined now by chef, restaurateur, publisher, author, business guy, Redskins fan, all that, David Chang. Dave, thanks for coming down. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be at the new offices. So Dave, you have like a, I think, I mean, God bless you for this. You always seem like you have another thing happening, which you are now launching a new food delivery vehicle, machine, whatever called Maple. Um, a... How do you find the time to even come up with another thing? Like you don't have enough going on your plate. And B, then let's talk about what Maple is. Wow. Well, the time crunch is something that I'm working on. I just generally think as I sort of take away my time in a kitchen, because it's just a matter of fact, I'm not cooking your food. Um, wait, wait, what? <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> uh, because we have restaurants all over the world now. Not all over, but many places, and even in New York. And um, I just generally feel like I don't do anything anymore. If you're not working in the kitchen, I feel like you don't do anything. Not to make everyone feel like they're yeah. slumming around, but I think sitting at a desk or having meetings just generally doesn't feel like you're doing anything. Yeah. Sort of the higher you get up on the food chain, the less you get to do what it is you actually enjoy doing or yeah. what you sort of cut your teeth at, as they say. Right. And that's sort of how I feel about the Maple Project. Not that I, I'm not going to be making the food again. And it's, in a way, to me, just another restaurant opening. Not just another restaurant opening, per se, but... It was teaming up with these guys, Akshay and Caleb, who were sort of the brains behind it. And I viewed them as sort of this ultimate front of the house. And front of the house in a restaurant is really coordinating logistics and dealing with customer service issues. And as someone that is a cook or helping design the menu, I don't really care what the dining room looks like. That's yeah. their problem. And, and, and if I using that sort of mentality, I thought, well... I don't think the future food is going to necessarily happen in a restaurant. Restaurants will always be important going forward. And we were messing around with doing deliverable lunches and stuff like that. But what we were coming up against the wall all the time was the technology end and the logistical end of deliverable food. So coming up with that solution wasn't going to happen overnight. So the idea of teaming up with these guys was something that was very, very exciting. And they had this grand plan that was totally fucking insane <laughs> And when they pitched it to me, I was like, you guys are out of your mind. And they sort of, to the to the T, really, made everything happen. And right now, we're in the process of un unveiling it, finally. And it was a simple simple idea of food from an app that you order from. And you get three simple choices that were made with real technique and qual high-quality products. No shortcuts. And it's going to come from one central kitchen that is making food just for maple. This is not a restaurant. This is not coming from Sambar or Momofuku no. or anything else. This is like, this is a focus purely on making food that can be delivered. Right. And that was a, that's something that seems like a simple conceit, but it's not. Making food that's meant to be delivered. Yeah. And I read about that and I was just like, wait, that's kind of genius. Because there's so many things you do order, like things like, I love French fries, but French fries don't typically travel well. By the time you get them, they're pretty soggy. Right. And then there are other are things that do travel well, but they need to be in the right container. And, and that's one of the things that why we've never done that at Momofuku. When you eat Chinese food and I order a lot of delivered foods, that's sort of my go-to or even Asian foods in general because the process of delivery doesn't really diminish the experience had I eaten in the restaurant. And Can you do you do soup dumplings delivery? No. Don't no. do that. Because it well, sticks not? together. Okay, so there's certain things that, yeah, right. that don't But work. again, here's another thing. Would you ever order fish from any fish? No. Never. It's almost but I don't never order happened. ever fish ever, even ever. at restaurants. Even at restaurants, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm kind of only half joking. Right? But, um, but that's yeah. something that you but, but would why never is do. That? Why, why is that? I don't because know. no one has ever, honestly, as simple as that, yeah. sounds no one has ever taken the time 
to, to make fish deliverable. The typical delivery restaurant, they're taking stuff just off the menu that is meant to be served on a plate a la minute or whatever from the kitchen. You now are thinking about, no, 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 let's think about it in specifically in the form, form of delivery. Does this work? Deliver it. If it doesn't work, we're not going to make it. And right. And what's amazing with the team that Maple's assembled, at least on the logistical tech end, is we're, even in a restaurant, you're constantly wanting data. And that's why we're in the business, because we're like data junkies at the end of the day, because uh, you want a customer to be happy and you want to know immediately. And in this way, it's you, you get it from the travel time. So for instance, if you're going to another building or two, diff- two separate buildings, they have two different logistical times for delivery. Over a period of time, we're going to know which building delivers faster, which has a slower doorman, which has a slower elevator, and we can calculate right. Blame that. it on the doorman. <laughs> yeah, but we can sort of make that recipe or cooking time for that specific yeah. building. And to me, that was really interesting. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah, nowadays you can have, I mean, I when I call a delivery in New York, I mean, talk about this, people in New York City deliver, get a lot of delivery. And when I call the places that don't have my number and credit card already on file, I'm like, dude, what are you guys doing? There's this one <laughs> pizza place near me that my son likes. And every time I have to give my address and my phone number, and I'm just like, come on, you got to get with that. And it, that's that's the thing. It's I just don't even order from there yeah, anymore. Yeah, just I can't wait. So so where is the actual central kitchen gonna be? The central kitchen's in Brooklyn. Okay. We just finished it, and uh, it's pretty amazing, actually. So then, so then, how do you deliver in Manhattan? How does that so work? So the goal is we're, we're starting off in the financial district. You guys are literally in the delivery zone to start off with. Nice. Um, people ask why the FIDI district, partly because you just you just like to say FIDI. FIDI as well. <laughs> I know. I, I, I hate it, but. There's a lot of lunch, obviously, and there's just enough traffic uh, for dinner service as well. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do is to lunch and dinner, cool. uh, starting off with three options for lunch, three options for dinner, and can very you me, affordable. Can you give me an example, like what might a dinner option be? Um, lunch, we just had uh, enchiladas, vegeta- vegetable enchiladas. Um, uh, what else was there? A roast chicken and then uh, baked Arctic char. And dinner is a little less like lunchy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For lunch, you definitely want to have a salad component or something because yep. people just want salads for lunch. And that's one of the main differences with dinner is a little bit more, not necessarily a splurge. I think with all the people involved with Maple, you know, there's there's literally like a, a category, a box for a checklist for what one person might want. And we're trying to fill it all. I have a question. Yeah. Can you get a, a license for beer and wine delivery with the... With Maple? Uh, hopefully, does... we'll be able to look at we're, we're working into all of these things, mm-hmm. but right now, it's just doing that. Does anyone deliver booze? Is, uh, Postmates. Know, Postmates does, but they'll pay, they're buying it from someplace. And no, take, I think yeah. they have their own like, their liquor own thing. license. Yeah. I wonder. That would be really cool. So that's something that, in terms of beverages and all of these things, desserts, these are all things that we want to do. I imagine with something like this, a concept like this, you I, I have to assume it's Think it, is it rolloutable? Can we now take it to Chicago next, or can we take it to DC or wherever? Well, that's the goal, yeah. obviously, because the only reason to do this, I think, is to 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 be able to make and affect change. And um, I think one of the things that we're really going to be able to do, because I think that you talk to talk as a cook, or even at least speaking for myself, in growing up, like you think about the environment, but I didn't really care. And then you know it's the right thing to do. You align yourself with the right organizations, but. The longer you're involved with it, whether it's now edible schoolyard or sustainable food projects all over the place, um, until you have a better understanding of it, you don't really care. And getting to work with enough farmers over 15 years, uh, you know, you want them to have a better life. You want them to 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 just have their food more accessible. So I think that as a cook, not only do we not feed that many people, but we don't 
have that much of an impact on change. Yes, you do over a long period in terms of a trickle down, in terms of what chefs want to do, in terms of cutting edge stuff, but that's that's just too long. And the only way you can sort of really make change happen on a large scale is going to a large scale level. So going to Chicago and, and other cities and, and proving it's viable and it's and it's uh, you can make money doing that and that it is other so can other companies. They can do the right thing and be profitable. Right. About it. In terms of uh, making a positive impact. The first thing I can tell, like as a chef, you don't really care about it because you're just struggling to keep your head above yeah. water. And then once you do, you sort of realize, like at the end of the day, we're still in the hospitality business. We like to give back to our community. That's just, I think, in our DNA. And uh, you know, you just, I just, I don't know any other way. And when you are successful enough to spend time thinking about it, that's when we'll do something. And that didn't happen until about 2008. 2007, when we started doing a lot of fundraising for it. So to me, it's literally just giving back to the community is honestly just about being a cook. I think that's just a natural, uh, not just evolution, that's just what you do. It's giving giving back to people all the time. As a chef slash businessman, why do you think you've been as successful as you have been? Like, what do you do well? Um, I think that I've been able to be very lucky and work with great people. Um, and be part of building great teams. This is this is not like a this is not a high school. To be. No, give me not, an no, I'm, de- I'm dead serious. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious because like, anytime I try to do something on my own, I fuck it up. And when we get a group of people, you know, Noodle Bar didn't really happen until we got Kino and Pedro and Kevin Pooley and all these people. Yeah, Sambar was Tin and and uh, Peter Serpico and Co was like, and now Co today it's like Sean Gray and Sue Wong from Sydney and. Uh, you know, just been really lucky getting these people in. If there's any talent that I've ever had, it's being able to, I think, make the right mistakes and fuck up and being able to convince a group of people that it's okay to fuck up. That's literally it. Well, yeah, I think obviously, yeah, you need talented teammates to, to make to make that championship push. But I also think, I think personally, I think what you've been remarkably good at is presenting a concept or an idea to the dining public not just good food but that when you walk into a david chang restaurant you feel like you're in a david chang restaurant you don't necessarily know why but as, as a diner like oh this is a very ch- it feels very chang but you, and, and you, that's you, not you, that's you, really hard to do you say that like there was a plan and a purpose to doing that no, but but you but whether there was or not you've been able to do it and that's not easy to do you had to be able to give a clear vision of something to people who, when they get there, they know what they're getting. I don't know. I think that's a remarkably but if, talented but no, thing. But if you ask people that work for me, they're like, wow, Chang has no idea what he's fucking talking about. I swear to God. But because- you're consistently Chang. That's the thing. So what, but that's that, And I think that's, like I said, I think you, you, it seems natural to you, but you project it in a way that also people then get with it. And, you know, I don't know. And it, it, it's interesting. Um Okay, so you recently, or a little while ago, wrote uh, an essay in GQ, which I thought was the best article ever written in <laughs> Gentleman's Quarterly magazine, about how craft beer kind of sucks, and you, you're you're a Budweiser guy. Uh, how much flack did you take for that, and how did that piece come about? Um, well, as you know, uh, having worked at GQ for many years, yes. uh, somehow Jim Nelson uh, like fooled me into contributing to GQ and one of the things he wanted to do was like get my opinions on things and uh, I was like well uh, (laughs) one of the things I genuinely enjoy is is light beer I really like light beer and 
people think that I'm being like a Williamsburg hipster by trying to be ironic. And it makes me so mad. It makes me so intensely mad when someone's like, oh, they chuckle. I was like, no, I want a Budweiser. I want a Bud Light. Give me anything like those beers if you don't have them. (laughs) Yeah. Give me the Mexican version. Give me the Chinese (laughs) version. Because they're all really good. And I love eating food with them because they just, they're a lot better to me than the fancy craft stuff. And then Garrett Oliver wrote a response. I've never received hate mail. I got, honestly, two death threats. Yeah, I was about to say. So Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Brewery, who's a long-time Lowest hanging fruit response. I mean, because, listen, I just, I love love those beers, but I don't want to drink them all the time. I want to, I like those beers because I can drink a lot of them, and they pair well with everything. I happen to like a lot of spicy foods. I love burgers. I love French fries. I love things that are salty, crispy, Sour, sweet, all of these things pair really well with beers yeah. like Budweiser. So, and as you as you brought up in the piece, it's, it's akin to champagne, which is not which is a so deep, good. rich sort of earthy wine. It's, and then it's a all light these and crisp. beer nerds start going like, "Well, it's not true with chocolate, and it's not true with like certain foods." And I'm like, I have never seen nerves touched like that article. I, <laughs> which never, means, yeah. You know what I don't want to talk about with people? Beer. beer. I want to drink a beer. I don't want to talk about it. But dude. I didn't know. I didn't know how intensely passionate <laughs> these beer nerds were. And I, I just opened up Pandora's box, and now it's just like ridiculous. Like it's, it's sort of ridiculous. And I'm okay. We open it up, and uh, so be it. But our, but our fine friends at Budweiser were happy about this. Oh man, that, that was awesome. <laughs> They're base. They've basically given you the private jet whenever you need it, right? I had no idea it was going to be like that, and they invited me to be a judge for like this this burger event. So I'm, I'm excited about it because, uh, you know, I <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So all those beer nerds out there, I think they have to deal with it. So, all right, here we go. Lightning round with David Chang. We're starting with the important questions: Riggins or Theismann? Way Theismann, no way. It's Riggins 100%. Yeah. I wanted a mohawk when I was a kid because <laughs> of Riggins. And he would even have a mohawk when I was rooting for him. But I was saw, I saw photos and until Alvin Walton had a mohawk. Oh, Remember yeah, him? yeah. Alvin Walton. That's strong when, safety. That's when he took over my Riggins infatuation. And for all you food and beer nerds, we're talking about the Washington Redskins. And Riggins had, Riggins had the mohawk when he was on the Jets, Jets still. Yes. Before he did that weird yes. sabbatical season where he right. just didn't play football for a year. Like in 1979, <laughs> I just went hunting and drinking. They, they, that's exactly what he did. So... Um, <laughs> Okay, um, nachos or wings? Uh, wings. I, you know what? I, I love wings. I just sometimes the nacho cheese. I'm not a huge fan of. Oh, interesting. Um, all right, I'll buy that one. Uh, oh, this is a tough one. General Cho's or Kung Pao? Wow, good Kung Pao can really change your life too. But overall. There's more bad Kung Pao out there than bad General So. So I'm going to Benner's. Because you even go to the airport and get really good General So's. Because it's almost... Like at the Panda like, place? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's generally good all the time. That's why it's called the General. Yeah. It's generally good. All right. So you're flying long distances for work. Ambien or the Cabernet? Ambien 100%. Fast and Furious or the Die Hard franchise? I think overall, Fast and Furious has been stronger than Die Hard. Wow. Die Hard 1 and 2, very good. Yeah. Very, very good. What about, I, no, no, Die Hard 3 with Samuel L. That was a good one. Where they were up in Harlem and everything. Yeah, no, and but I, the you know what I like part. about that? Because of the water, water, like the, 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 the puzzles they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Die yeah, 3, yeah, I yeah, like I that. that. But I like Die Hard 2 because it took place in Dallas Airport, our <laughs> sort of Dallas, yes. local <laughs> airport growing up. Um, but Fast and Furious overall has been like, Pretty good. Yeah. And there's, I, and, good, and there's more of them. It's it's an airplane movie for me. Uh, Fun Bunch or The Hogs? 
oh man, fun bunch because you know what? I mean, they had Art Monk, Gary Clark, Gary Clark. Can or bottle? Bottle. Um, you know, our go-to question uh, to close out the the lightning round is always olive oil or butter. But I guess, do you even do you cook with either of those at your restaurants? Um, I get in a lot of trouble because I don't give a shit about olive oil. I mean, I use <laughs> olive oil, but I genuinely think that cooking with extra virgin olive oil is one of the dumbest things you could ever do. Uh, uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> Listen, when you cook it at a certain temperature, all the beautiful properties of olive oil get blown away. So... When so, I have an option between extra virgin olive oil as even a finishing oil or bernoisette, I'm fucking taking bernoisette, which is brown butter, every time. That's, that's going back to your French days. No, it's just not even French. It's what tastes better. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what tastes Brown milk solids win out every time. Milk solids for the win. All right, ladies and gentlemen, David Chang, thank you so much for joining us on the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm really happy to be here, guys. Thanks again. Thank you. Bon Appetit Foodcast is recorded to a digital device in the small conference room on the 36th floor of One World Trade Center in New York City. Our engineer is Mitra Kaboli, with production assistance from Bell Cushing and Kerry Polis, and is produced by Scott DeSimon. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or at bonappetit.com. <laughs>